to this. If it sticks up, I'll just have to cut it off. Impatient, she slid into her dress and presented me with her back so I could zip the new red mini. It was a size two from a Lord and Taylor window display she'd designed at the mall and probably not intended for a 39-year-old with a stranglehold on her fading youth. Careful, this is silk. I eased up the zipper and lingered, one knuckle brushing the warmth of her neck. Time, Meredith. She pulled away and shook her hair, poked her feet into scarlet mules, and smoothed the dress from hip bone to hip bone. No lumps, no bumps. Perfect. I wandered over to her bureau and recapped the cologne as my mother continued her nervous chatter. I used the same shade of red in the welcome home banner, the flowers in the living room, and the new guest towels, you know. In decorating, you want to tie everything together to create the impression of continuous harmony. I put touches of color in your father's condo, too. I think he'll be pleased. Oh, and I took three steaks out to thaw, so now is not the time to go into that silly vegetarian kick. She glanced my way and shook her head. And please, put on something decent before we get back. This is a celebration, not a wake. No overalls and no more gray. I mean it. Try to look cheerful for a change. She skimmed on lipstick and glanced at her watch. Time to run. Tonight's going to be wonderful. Wrong. I'd wanted to say as she swept out in a blur of red silk. Tonight is when the obscene becomes the acceptable. My father has been gone for three years, long enough for the town to finally stop shunning us and for his victims to get counseling, long enough for me to lose one social worker to pregnancy and two more hollow-eyed, twitchy ones to career burnout, long enough for my mother to have been granted a divorce, had she ever applied for one but she hasn't, nor has she ever stopped visiting him in the big house. Today will be her final pilgrimage, and thanks to Megan's law, everyone in town knows it. My father's release date was given to all the local cops, school administrators, and youth group leaders. They got handouts with his name, photo, physical description, the crimes for which he was convicted, his home address, and license plate. The law says they aren't allowed to share the info with anyone else, but of course they did. Who wouldn't? So now we're marked for life. His picture is even posted on the New Jersey Sex Offender Internet Registry. My mother ignores it all, the hostile undercurrents, the whispers and disparaging looks, the grim disgust in my grandmother's face, and the dogged blankness in mine. Sharon Shale, my mother, does not see what she doesn't want to see. She never has. And for the last three years, she hasn't wanted to see me, at least not in private, when no one else is watching. She's always half-turned away, ahead of or behind me, tossing out words without watching to gauge their effect, cluttering my wake with complaints of attitude, dirty dishes, or stray eyebrows plucked into the sink. She acts like my scars are on the outside 
and I'm too disturbing to look at head on. So I leave proof of my existence behind me like a snail trail, with the small hope that years of talking at me will someday soften her enough to talk with me, and that she'll finally pull the knife from my chest and say, yes, we are better off without him. That what happened wasn't my fault, and from now on she will thrust herself between me and danger and shout, no! Hands shaking, I fish a fresh cigarette from the front pocket of my bib overalls and try to light it off the old one. My chin trembles, the butts joust, and the burning head gets knocked off into the gutter at my feet. I grind it out, jab the unlit cigarette back into the pack, look up to see my mother's BMW pulling into the driveway. A man sits shotgun.